When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show. The Giants were as good a story last year as you had in the entire National Football League. But now what do you do for an encore? If you win eight, nine games and maybe just miss out on the playoffs, you go seven, eight, or nine wins for the Giants, miss out on the playoffs. And the quarterback plays well, I think you take that. I think you got to be happy with it. You could find the silver lining in that because now Daniel Jones has become the centerpiece of your organization. Last year was still a prove-it year for him. So if he could go out there this season and play at an even higher level, I'm talking about a higher level even than last year to where you look at that contract and dare I say you might think wow that's geez we got him at a bargain if that happens and the Giants miss out on the playoffs I think they did well this is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN remember tomorrow we're going to be in for Barton Hahn from noon to three so we'll talk to you then this is going to be our last get together in this time for the remainder of the summer barring anything crazy you know like uh I don't know. Snowstorm. I don't know. I don't think they have those in August. Not too positive, but pretty positive. So, yeah, I know. What can I do? Uh, Also, if you're just joining us, you missed the no-hitter in baseball. Michael Lorenzen of the Phillies just blanked the Nats 7-0. No-hit them. Uh, Breaking news, Luis Severino still can't get anybody out. Uh, Yankees tried an opener today. Ian Hamilton pitched the first inning. (laughs) Didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run, handed the ball to Severino, and it's been a conga line ever since. 4 nothing White Sox in the fourth. It's just, I don't think there's any cure in Seve. There just isn't right now at this point. Um, Yanks got a problem, and that's one of the reasons why you can't be all that confident that they're going to be able to make a postseason charge, given the fact that he's somebody that's going to have to take the baseball, or they're going to have to work around that spot in the rotation. And imagine, imagine if Carlos Rodon, uh, not Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez was not even back in this rotation yet. If he was still injured, then what the hell would the Yankees do? But you read Bob Klapish's report earlier today on NJ.com. You would see that, voila, Brian Cashman's job isn't in jeopardy. He's still going to be here. He ain't getting fired in the offseason. Yankees, it's not even a discussion, according to Bob. He is going to be the guy. Aaron Boone, on the other hand, well, that's a different story. That is a different story. But Yanks just got to play better. But you can't feel all that confident with the way this team goes about their business right now and, you know, another, another disappointing outing from Luis Severino. Mets, they're taking on the Chicago Cubs right now in Queens because schedule makers said that they had to play the game. They actually have a lead tonight. 3-2 over the Cubbies, rubber match of that series. Pete Alonso has hit another home run tonight. He's now got 35. So the more home runs he hits, the better position the Mets are going to be in in terms of the bargaining and things that they could do if they decide to move him, if Pete asks for too much money. You know, the trade value going up and up and up and up. And by the way, for the record, I don't believe that the Mets should trade Pete Alonso. I mean, I think that they should work to sign him to a long-term extension. But you know what? 
Pete fashions himself as a guy that should get compensated. You know, he's somebody that probably feels should make, you know, a couple hundred, few hundred million bucks. I don't know. You got to ask Pete. But maybe it's an area the Mets are not willing to go and they don't think that the value was there. And look, they're going to pick up those discussions in the offseason. And if they can't come to an agreement, you know, the Mets might be forced to just move on from the guy. But we shall see here. Uh, let us go to the phones at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We will say hi to Mitch in East Windsor. He is up next here on 98.7. Mitch, good evening. How are you? Hey, uh, Dan, Jack, what trades? Mitch. Anytime you'll be there, right? That's, uh, you yeah, know hope. what, exactly. I don't know what, what company has that slogan, but you know what, we're willing to share it with them. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you're enjoying the summer. Uh, good show, um. You know, the Giants, and I think the Lions going to make the playoffs. They're going to surprise people. But you guys say that uh, the Giants, they got a pretty well-balanced offense now. Now that um, Barkley came back, you know, he's on the pay, but he came back, and I like that draft choice of Hyatt. They're good, pretty good wide receivers now. Uh, Sign a good tight end. It's going to be a tough division, and both East, uh, East, and East divisions in the comp- both conferences and the West, the Raider uh, division is going to be pretty tough. But things are looking good for the Giants. I I, I feel better about their chances of getting back to the playoffs. And, Mitch, thank you for the phone call as always. Um, I feel better about the Giants' chances because they're in the NFC. If they were in the AFC, I may not be as sunny and rosy and optimistic. AFC is stacked, right? You look at Buffalo. You look at Miami. You look at the Jets. You look at Baltimore. You look at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, um, Kansas City. Char- I mean, that's nine teams right there. And I haven't mentioned anybody from the AFC South. AFC South is going to have to have at least one team in the playoffs because you need a division winner. AFC is going to be a monster this year. So when you sit there and you worry about what the Jets are going to do or not going to do, you got to keep that in the back of your mind, is that this conference is loaded. You know, like we throw around all these like hypoth- – I was talking about this with somebody out at camp yesterday. About, you know, how many wins, what do you think? It's like, well, it, it's tough to put a number on it because, you know, what happens if the Jets, let's just say the Jets or any other team in the AFC wins 10 games. 10 games might not get you in in that conference. That's how many quality teams that you have. Hell, it might take 11. Best advice to anybody would be, you know what you do? Win the division. Win your division, you don't have to worry about wild cards and tiebreakers and those other things. You win the division, you punch your ticket, you're in. But easier said than done, of course. By the way, so Harvey, remember on, um, and for those that didn't hear it, Saturday morning I told you that show, or I mean we were on the show Saturday morning and we were talking about my situation involving the parking ticket and the ordeal that I've been going through with that. And for those that missed it on Saturday morning, I got a parking ticket erroneously the other uh, a few weeks ago in the city. They put a ticket on my car, even though I paid for parking, but the yo-yo that issued the ticket, typed in the wrong license plate number. So when he typed in the license plate that was not mine, of course he didn't show that anybody paid for parking because maybe that license plate doesn't even exist, and that's what was printed on my ticket. So I'm in the clear, but I need to have this thing wiped away, so I still have to actually take the time to put in the work to prove that I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm at the Jets yesterday, go inside, you know, hobnobbing, saying my hellos and everything to everybody inside. Somebody came up to me. Um, and said, was in the car Saturday morning, listened to the show. 
and I'm thinking, uh-oh, what did I say? You know, I'm thinking I said something to, to offend somebody or said something negative, whatever. And they're like, the parking ticket thing, you have to address it. Like, even though you didn't do anything wrong, you still have to at least go online and make sure you submit the evidence that you indeed paid. And I'm like, oh, at least it's not anything serious. That's good. But that's what I am going to look. It's time consuming. And that was my biggest issue is that now I'm going to have to do all this extra work to prove to them that I'm in the wrong. And the person on the clock that day was the one who had the error in judgment. And I now have to pay for his mistake. He's taking up my time. Time is money. Right, Harv? Time is money, my man. Every day. Every single day. Time is money right now. Time is money right now. Time was money when Harvey was going to those Metallica concerts. Same thing. Insane. I, dude, I, I would have loved to have been at that show. I know two people that went to those shows, and they said they were fantastic. They were fantastic. awesome. They were awesome. I never saw them live. Well, I never, I, I'm, not, I'm now a fan of them because of yeah, this. You, yeah, and you had a good seat. You had floor seats, so you were, like, right there. You got to experience it up close and personal. You, you knocked it out of the park. That's what you did. Well, I would say they did. I mean, I just stood and. Well, that's, you, you went. You made aching. the commitment. Sometimes you don't feel like leaving the house, right? You actually left the house. You did your thing. I got to start hanging with Harvey. He's a high roller. He gets into all these places. That's You want to get into some of these places, you got to start hanging out with Harvey, that, apparently. That's how you do it. Yeah, come with me and see Messi coming here, the 26th. By the way, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm glad you mentioned that. I saw something. I don't remember what game it was for with Messi. Where somebody posted like a screenshot of like the, the Ticketmaster resale market for that game, and there is like oodles, oodles of available seats. Do you think that maybe the anticipation and the hype is drying up a little bit? I don't know about uh, drying up. I'll just say that the um, because they're seeing them on, on Apple TV, you can still get them at a good discount. There's a story out there about a Red Bulls fan mm-hmm. who sold her tickets for knee surgery. And got them paid off. Wait a sec. Time out. So she needed knee surgery. Yeah. Had tickets for the messy game at Red Bull. Sold the tickets. And that was able to cover her knee surgery. Yeah, she got them for about 500 a pop. And uh, she was able well, to. Wait a sec. What knee surgery are you getting to where it's only going to be a thousand dollars? Well, she still needed. She still. I mean, what, what do you go to the yo-yo on the corner? Who's got like a, a a butter knife and he sits there and he fix up your knee? Like, what does he do? Let's not disparage the the great people that work in this field. What else? I, I mean, there's there there's some disparaging going on because I think that opens up a whole nother can of worms. It's for, it's got nothing to do with the price of the ticket. Who's getting knee surgery done for a thousand dollars? All you hear about is people complaining about the cost of health care and out of pocket expenses in this country. And this person sells two soccer tickets and they're getting their ACL fixed. She had huh? she had other money as well to help to help with that. <laughs> well, well, then you can't say that it took care of her knee surgery. I mean, those tickets are like a small that that doesn't even dude that doesn't even get you know cover the cost of like the rubbing alcohol or whatever they put on your knee to clean it (laughs) she said it was for her acl injury i'm reading the story here she got them for acl injury and she was able to sell them for 505 but of course Ticketmaster takes like a bit of money yeah i know i get all that stuff well how about you don't have an ACL injury, but you're not. Would, would you sell them for five hundred a pop? Not really. No. You could. You know what? And, and and don't tell me I was wrong. 
when this whole thing happened, what did I tell you like the first day? I said, you should put those tickets on the market. And at that time, if you sold them, you would have got probably triple that for each ticket. You're probably right. But still, I win regardless because I get to see them play. Let me ask you a question, too. I never asked you this about your tickets. So you're in the second row, but you're like on the baseline kind of, right? I'm behind the, I'm behind the goal. I'm on the opposite side of the supporter section. Okay. Behind the goal, second row. Lower level, field level. When the action is down the other end of the field, is it a good seat? Can you see what the hell's going on when, the, when all the stuff is happening down the other end of the field? Yeah. You, you can. still can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the problem that I run into, for example, like if I, if I go to a hockey game and I'm sitting like down by the glass, when the puck is down the other end of the ice, sometimes I have to like look up and watch the action on the, the video board because like you lose the puck. You can't see it. You can see it. I mean, there are times where if I want to get like a better eye because I'm looking at it, I guess, tactically, I can yeah. just look up at the score at the, the video board up, up there. But for the most part, it's a it's a really good view from second row. I mean, I went from row ten to row to row two. So you you're you're a mover and shaker. That's why you upgraded. Well, they asked me. Well, that and they don't sell any tickets apparently because like now I'm seeing these screenshots of these Red Bull games and I mean like I said, if you commit a crime, that is a place to hang uh, to to hide out because they're never going to find you there. Yeah, funny. No, no. Am I right or wrong? You're not wrong. It's just uh, a very old, uh, boring trope. Well, I look, what could we do? You know, what could we do to spruce things up for the Red Bulls? We talk about them on this show. Kids are into this show. It's a happening show. You know, I, I, if we can't move the needle and help sell tickets for the Red Bulls, I don't know what can. You're one of their biggest supporters. I don't know what to do. I'm out of options. Well, I thank God. Thank God we talk about the Red Bulls here. God forbid we talk about, um, you know, the – best sport in the world so there you go and when is this game again the 26th it's on 26th uh, it's on a saturday saturday right that's jets giants jets giants preseason Ooh. game yeah so i get to see the giants win and the rebels win crazy well it's all right whoever wins anyway that's a two that's a two-hour pre and a two-hour post game by the way for uh for us that day right what time you getting home seven. like 1 a.m no it's a six o'clock kickoff so it shouldn't be too bad thankfully but, with the but traffic, it's, be it's like 1 a.m right no nah. No, what time is the game? We're going to be done probably around 11-ish now. I'll get home before 12, hopefully. 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 You just have um, to pay the meter or not get a ticket that day, too. No, I don't get And Severino's uh, night is done, by the way. He leaves with uh, no outs and a run-around in the fourth inning with the team trailing 4-1. to one. That's a great effort by him. Great effort. The, o the opener proposition really worked out great tonight for the Yankees and Severino. Hopefully he has his confidence with him when he heads back into the clubhouse here. All right, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Haven't talked to any Jets yet. They're practicing with the Lions. Aaron Rodgers spoke today, and he's a little ticked off, believe it or not, at the way the team is executing. Got to get into episode one of Hard Knocks. Got to talk a little Knicks, as Josh Hart is going to be sticking around now. Not that that's a big surprise, but still, it's good that it's done. Grasa show till the top of the hour right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yanks trailed the White Sox 4-1 in the fourth, but Severino, even though he's out of the game, he's still responsible for the runner on second base right now, so we'll wait to see what his final line is. Mets have a 4-2 lead over the Chicago Cubs. Michael Lorenzen throwing a no-hitter tonight for the Philadelphia Phillies against Washington, so congratulations to him. Uh, Speaking of the Phillies, Ryan in the car is up next. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, Dan. How's it going, man? What's up, Rye? Big fan, man. I listen uh, pretty much whenever I can. You're the best. Um, but, yeah, speaking of the Phillies, my Phillies, uh, Michael Lorenzen looking like probably the best trade headline acquisition so far. Uh, two starts. Both have been about as been good great. as you can get. Yep. Yeah, 17 out of 18 possible innings. I mean, give me that every time. But, uh, yeah, the – Bone, I sort of wanted to pick with you, and it wasn't Harvey, um, but whoever was producing the show back in the start of May, uh, the last time the Phils, my Phils, were playing in City Field, um, the Mets did sweep them, but I called in, we spoke, and I kind of forecasted that the Mets' little hot run at the time was pretty fraudulent, and sure enough, they lost, they got swept their next two series. I think they lost like eight in a row, nine out of 10, maybe. Uh, I know the Jays were one of those series. Yeah. It was all Um, downhill from there. (laughs) And yeah. And I just kind of wanted to get your, uh, get your opinion on really. I mean, like obviously all the big guys for the Mets haven't delivered in terms of the pitchers, Lindor is underperformed. Um, I live in the area, so I watch the local teams quite a bit, but as a fan, like, what do you think was really, like, like what went wrong for the Mets this year? Because, like, when I look at that lineup or what that lineup should have been at the start of the season on paper, that I mean, there's really no reason they shouldn't have the same record, or if not mm. better than the Phillies. Like, I thought they – even the Phillies coming off a World Series run, I, I thought the Mets were bound to have a year. Obviously, the Braves are nice, but I really thought the Mets could make a better run than the Phillies could. Well, Ryan, a couple of things, and I always appreciate the phone call, my man. Here's the th- if you, Now we can kind of play hindsight since the book is kind of closed on this Mets team, right? They're not going to win. It's a disaster. It's over. They traded away all their key pieces. I think the roots of this season go all the way back to the winter when they let Chris Bassett and Taiwan Walker, among others, just walk out the door. I don't even think they really made much of an effort to keep them. Chris Bassett led the team in innings pitched last year. You know who was second in innings pitched? Taiwan Walker. And he let those guys go. Taiwan Walker has set a new career high in wins already for Philadelphia this year. Whether you think he's good or whether you don't think he's good, I know he had some problems post-All-Star break the last couple of years, but regardless, the guy took the ball for you. 
Chris Bassett, I know he didn't pitch great that last game in the playoffs against the San Diego Padres, but there was a large chunk of that season last year where he was their best pitcher, better than Scherzer, and DeGrom wasn't even there yet. All right, so you lost those two guys. Verlander came in this year. He didn't pitch for, what, a month and a half, two months or whatever it was, so you missed him the first portion of the season. Scherzer, don't tell me what the record says. He wasn't the same guy. He got old in a hurry. He pitched to a four ERA. That's not good enough. Throw in the fact Edwin Diaz getting injured in the stupid World Baseball Classic, that put a huge strain on the bullpen more than the Mets even envisioned. Because when you weren't getting any length from your starting pitchers and you were having to turn the game over to the pen, asking them to do a little bit more, everybody else had to then move up a peg because you didn't have your closer. All right? That affected that department. Then when you look at a lineup, Pete Alonzo, I mean, I'm throwing out what he's doing in the last couple of weeks. I'm talking about, you know, up until the deadline. Alonzo underperformed from last year. Jeff McNeil was a batting champion last year. The guy's hitting how many points less than he did a season ago? Starling Marte was an all-star last year. The guy's been awful this year, and he's been injured. Um, who else in that lineup am I thinking of that hasn't really done anything this season? I kind of, I, I just, you know, whatever. So add all those things up. That's why the Mets are the biggest disappointment in the major leagues this year. You know, it's not rocket science. It is what it is. Um, now to the Jets. And by the way, I liked Hard Knocks. You know, I'm a little biased, whatever, that's fine. But I'll tell you, I thought that they did a hell of a job last night. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have any sort of clues or hints or anything. They did tell me it was going to be a lot of Rodgers, but I didn't expect it to be that much. Aaron Rodgers, if that was like a movie, he was literally in every scene. It was the Aaron Rodgers show last night. And for somebody who initially I don't think was very keen on the whole Hard Knocks thing, (laughs) The guy was the guy was basically the whole show. Now, I don't think you're going to get that for the next four episodes because even though Aaron Rodgers is the most known player on the team, I don't know if that's necessarily going to translate well over the final four weeks. I think you have to sprinkle in some different personalities. That's what makes Hard Knocks what it is, but you'll still get a lot of Aaron Rodgers, clearly. Uh, but I thought it was really, really well done. And that crew, the Hard Knocks crew, is, is enormous. I mean, you got you got to see like just the sheer number of of folks that they have working on that show. I mean, every day I walk in there after practice, and you know they're they're in the cafeteria having lunch. I mean, they take up the whole damn room. I mean, it's they they got a lot of folks there, and they work hard. And they do a great job, and you saw the product. I hope you liked it. You don't even have to be a Jet fan if you're a football fan. I hope you enjoyed that last night because I thought it was really really well done, and you know probably should only get better here as you get further into training camp now they're in Detroit not Detroit Giants are in Detroit Jets are in Carolina practicing with the Panthers uh they were in pads today tomorrow no pads just helmets but you know this is again when you get like a gauge about how you stack up a little bit you're hitting on somebody other than your own teammates you know they look forward to this type of thing and the coaches love it too but what's become apparent here so far in the first few weeks of camp is that One of the question marks that you have about this Jets team going into the season is really the same thing that's kind of bothered them the last couple of years, and that's the offensive line, and specifically the tackle position. You know, Dwayne Brown still hasn't practiced yet, coming off of two shoulder surgeries. Makai Becton, yeah, he's practicing, but he's still not even close to 100% because he doesn't have any faith in that knee because he's been off it for so long being on the sidelines you know and then you have the other guys like Max Mitchell, Billy Turner. It's really kind of like a carousel 
at the tackle position. So Aaron Rodgers today was asked, after the practice with the Panthers, if there's any concerns that he has with the offensive line. Not really. I mean, you know, with Dwayne, he's going to play. I mean, we got to figure out who the who the first five is going to be. So a lot of guys in competition right now. Seems like they're switching the tackles uh, left and right just about daily with uh, Max and Billy. Just looking for consistency with those guys. Feel like the interior has been a bright spot, pretty consistent for us. Uh, both the first and uh, second group. We just need a little more consistency uh, on the edge. That's a little concerning, don't you think? We need a little bit more consistency on the edge talking about the tackle position he's been at this thing long enough he knows how important it is to have some nice protection up front and especially on the edge I mean that's why the tackles are the highest paid guys on any offensive line especially the really really good ones you think that at 40 years of age or soon to be 40 years of age Aaron Rodgers wants to be running for his life if there's a turnstile at the tackle positions I don't think so and that's not going to benefit the Jets either because the last thing you would want is somebody who is trying to maximize whatever good football that he still has left in those legs and in that arm. You want him upright because he ain't going to be able to do all that stuff if he's on the ground, you know, 15 times a game. He was also asked how you're building that offensive line chemistry. I honestly think a lot of that's overrated. A lot of that uh, worry about guys playing next to each other. Because when it comes down to it, the center's making calls, I'm making calls, they're making calls between each other. Um, it helps, you know, we had some great ones that played over the years in Green Bay next to each other for a long time, but that's the exception usually. Uh, usual for the NFL is there's going to be multiple starting offensive lineups throughout the year because of injuries or guys they think can play that aren't starting right away. So we'll figure it out. But, you know, there's, there's a few jobs up for grabs for sure, and it would be nice to see somebody in the next couple of weeks uh, grab one of those. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's trying to be a good soldier there, but – I think that if you kind of read between the lines, what he's essentially saying is, guys, we got to get our act together up front. They really and truly do. Now, look, I understand that when you're talking about the Jets, you're talking about a defense on the other side of the field that's top five in the NFL. And the defense clearly has been ahead of the offense so far in training camp, which you come to expect that even with Aaron Rodgers, and he knows the offense. But that defense has won the battles. And... I don't know if it's necessarily a reflection on the offensive line, just how they're struggling in practice or whatnot, but look, they see it. They break down the films each and every afternoon, and you already went into this training camp with question marks at two really, really important positions with the tackles. Now, are we ultimately going to be faced with a situation where maybe they don't have a steady answer at one of them, and then Elijah Vera Tucker is going to have to kick outside again because of his versatility and play a tackle position, and they could just you know, slide in one of those guys at guard, whether it's a Wes Schweitzer or one of the other depth pieces that they have on that offensive line, perhaps. I mean, I feel a lot better about the interior of the offensive line than I do at the tackle positions. Absolutely, you have to be in, in a scenario right now where if you're a Jet fan, until proven otherwise, you got to be concerned a little bit about this offensive line. Everything has been great up until this point. Right? You love the defense. You love the quarterback. You love the wide receivers. Everything. But this whole thing could collapse if the offensive line does not provide that foundation, which is what any good offense has. And I'd be a little worried about it. By the way, Saturday, 3 p.m., our coverage gets underway right here on 98.7. Jets and Panthers. Greg and I have the pregame kickoff coming up at 4. You will hear from Izzy Abanaconda. Local product, fifth-round pick from Pittsburgh. 
scored a touchdown in last week's Hall of Fame game. He's uh, the guest this week on the pregame show. Really enjoyed talking to Izzy. So you'll hear that on Saturday afternoon. Jet calls, offensive line concerns, 800-919-3776. And also, a good day for the Knicks. We'll talk about it. Grasso Show till the top, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Back to how we started off the show tonight, talking about the Yankees and this report from Bob Clappish, the Cashman is safe, and how the future looks and so on and so forth, whether they make the playoffs, whether they not make the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're sitting here booting the ball around against the crummy White Sox. Severino can't get anybody out. Glaber's, you know, lollygagging a ground ball for an error. They're down 5-1. They're not going to win. The, I mean, look at that. <laughs> Who was that, IKF, that just dropped the foul pop-up? I mean, what, it's like you can't. It's almost yeah, like if you got yeah, – yeah, yeah, I got the Mets and the Yankees on, like, both screens. It's almost like I'm watching a mirror image of, of like, a comedy of errors. It's, it's unbelievable. And the Mets are actually winning tonight, too. Um, but, yeah, 48 games to play. You think the Yankees are making the playoffs after this? What you're, that you can't win a series against the White Sox. You're making the playoffs? The White Sox are like team turmoil. Each passing day, there's a report of, like, you know, infighting in the clubhouse. That you get away with murder if you're a player. There's no structure. There's no nothing. It's And, and Yankees can't beat them. Yep. Yep. Anyway. Congrats to the Knicks. Congrats to our buddy Josh Hart. Gets himself a new contract extension. Not that it's surprising or breaking news in any way. Four years, $81 million extension. It's going to take him through the 2028 season, the 27-28 season. And remember, that's going to tack on to the one year that he had this year, which he opted into, where he took less money, which allowed the Knicks to go out there and sign the likes of Dante DiVincenzo, free up a little room. So if you add in this season, it's five more years for Josh Hart at about $18.5 million per. Now, some people who are just never satisfied with anything, they're going to look at that and say, well, my God, how do you pay Josh Hart $18.5 million a year? I mean, he's a nice player, but I mean, 18. No, it, relax, 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 relax. Okay, first and foremost, Josh Hart is a valuable, valuable piece to this basketball team. You know how big of a fan I am of him, all right? 17-8 and eight with Josh Hart in the lineup this year. Remember, they won their first, what was it, nine games when they made the trade for him. Fits this team like a glove. Love his presence, what he brings, and he's best off the bench. But that money, don't get too worked up over it. A couple of reasons. Number one, Salary cap is going up in the next few years, so you don't have to worry. Plus, if you factor in the percentages, Bobby Marks had this, our good buddy. He's never going to count more than 14% of your salary cap with that $18.6 million. So you have nothing to worry about. So Josh Hart's here immediately. He said he could see this being home for him for the foreseeable future. It's going to be. It's good that the Knicks go out there, make a trade like they did, and then double down on it by making sure that you keep the guy around because he fit that well with your team. So that's got to – I think that's a positive reflection on the organization, to be quite honest with you. But you still got some work to do, right? I mean, nothing is ever a finished product, even when you tip off night one of the season. It's not a finished product. You know, the organization, front office, they're going to look at the team and say, yeah, this is great, but, you know, we could still do this, or but we could have done this, and blah, blah, blah. There's still a couple of things that need to be addressed. Number one, you have 
Emmanuel quickly. He's up for an extension. Is that something they're going to be able to get done? Because if you can't get him locked up, he's going to be a restricted free agent after next season. The thing about IQ, and I haven't heard him say this, but I don't know, deep down, maybe this is what he's thinking. Maybe he's being told this. If you're Emmanuel quickly, you got this whole six-man thing worked out perfectly, right? That's your kind of your niche with this team. Maybe IQ fashions himself as a starter, and he wants to play starter minutes. And maybe he wants to go run an offense someplace outside of New York because the reality here is, as long as Jalen Brunson is on this team, Manuel Quickly is not going to be the starting point guard for the Knicks. He's not. So he's always going to be behind Brunson. And maybe deep down, that's why he's a little reluctant to maybe sign up long-term here. I mean, look, Emmanuel Quickly is somebody that could be coveted by all the other teams in the NBA. They'd want him. And maybe he's just biding his time. Don't know. The other thing that when you look at the roster right now, they still haven't really addressed that backup four spot. You know, what happens if something goes down with Julius Randle and he has to miss some time? Then what do you do? I know that they've gone the small route, and that's why having a Josh Hart, he could kind of be part of that smallish group to where you don't necessarily have to contribute that size there, but it would be nice if they could work something out just to get a little bit more bulk and a little bit more of that presence down there on the baseline. Are they going to be able to satisfy that before opening night? We shall see, but um, those would be the only things that are still outstanding right now, I would say, when you look to this Knicks team going into next year and, hey, seeing if they can improve upon what they did last year by getting to the second round and seeing where they could take this here thing. Scotty and Edison up next here on 98.7. Scotty, how are you? I'm good. What's going on, my guy? Scotty, I'm good, hey, man. What's going on? <laughs> Great. Hey, listen, um, so just want to touch on a few points about the Jets O-line. Now, obviously, you, you mentioned they're going up against one of the best D-lines in football in practice every day, so that doesn't concern me, even though I see, if you want to call it X's now, a.k.a. Twitter, of Billy Turner just getting demolished daily. But hopefully he doesn't have to step on the field at all this year. But with Dwayne Brown coming back, if he stays healthy, that kind of eases, you know, the the situation. And, you know, I don't think any Jeff fan is realistically counting on Becton. But best case scenario, you know, if he's healthy, he can play great. If not, I wouldn't be, you know, too worried if something happens at the right tackle position you move Tucker outside, and hopefully they keep McGovern on the roster if Tipman beats them out, because I wouldn't have a problem with having McGovern or Tipman at guard or center, Tucker at tackle, Brown at at third tackle position. I feel like that's, I mean, that's kind of as good as, as it gets if Beckton can be relied on. Well, Scott, here's the thing, and you threw out a lot of scenarios there, and I thank you for the phone call. Here's the thing about AVT. We know how valuable he is. We know how versatile he is. I just know from their thinking, they think that you're talking about a future all-pro guard. All right? That's, that's how highly they regard him at the guard position. No pun intended. Guard, guard. All right? That's where they think he's the best fit. It's nice to have that luxury to be able to kick him outside, but I think they're only going to use that as a last-ditch scenario. So they want to keep him where he is. Dwayne Brown, I love the guy. 
he's you're not going to find anybody more respected in that locker room than Dwayne Brown. Remember, they created a team award for him last year, the Selfless Warrior Award or whatever the hell they called it because the guy injured his shoulder in practice, tore up his shoulder in practice in training camp when he got here, missed the first whatever, how much time at the beginning of the season because he didn't have surgery. He could have had surgery, shut it down the rest of the year, and still gotten all of his money. And he elected not to. He rehabbed it. Then he was good enough to play. And they had to tape that thing together for him to go play up until, what, the second or third to last game of the year when they were eliminated. And then he finally shut it down. And he had two shoulder surgeries during the offseason. He had both of those things fixed. All right? So, yeah, you hope that he could go out there, but he got hurt last year. And he's played a lot of football. You just don't know how much longer the body is going to hold out. So, yeah, it's great if he can play all 17 games. Like, yeah, if you're telling me Dwayne Brown, 17 games left tackle, book it. Boom. I like their chances. But you don't know that to be sure. And then the guy on the other side, like you said, at right tackle, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Becton? Is it going to be Max Mitchell? Is it going to be Billy Turner? Is it going to be, you know, one of these? Is it going to be a guy who's not even in this camp right now? Surprise cuts happen all around the NFL for a variety of reasons. Joe Douglas not afraid to make a trade. What if he picks up the phone? What if they've had their eyes on somebody and he he goes out there and he brings in a tackle from some other club to hold down one of those starting spots? It is going to be very, very interesting. I know that, you know, right tackle is not a glamorous position on a football field, but it's a damn near important one. And that's why these next few weeks in the preseason and in camp are going to be really, really interesting because the Jets got to get that thing solved. You don't want to make Aaron Rodgers' job any more difficult than maybe it already has to be. 800-919-3776. Some final thoughts. We'll go around the league in baseball to keep you up to date on what the heck's been going on, including including one of the funniest promotion giveaways that you're going to see in all the major leagues this year. It's happening today. Grasso Show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tomorrow, I'll be sitting in for Barton Hahn coming up at noon. And then on Friday morning, I'm hanging with Dave, DNR. Boy, that should be fun. Two rational human beings going at it for four hours. So this is it. This is our last little get-together in our favorite little time slot here for the remainder of the summer. We won't reconvene again at this time until after Labor Day. Football football week. Do you believe that, Harvey? Like, that, it, it'll be football season. Like, real games. Believe not, that? Not only that, but this Friday, the Premier League is back. A lot of oh. you guys back in the weekend. Oh, I'm already oh. seeing the championship this week. Oh, it's I mean, all it's coming a, back. It's a sports fan's delight. What more can you ask for? So, how about this? How about, more can you ask for? Tonight, up at Fenway Park, Red Sox are playing. And they have a promotional giveaway. It is a World Baseball Classic bobblehead of none other than Kike Hernandez. All right, you say, fine. Well, Kike Hernandez played for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic. Great, whatever. Bobblehead, nice. The only problem is, if you haven't kept up with the uh, transactions, Kike Hernandez now plays for the Dodgers. Okay, they traded him away before the deadline. So... They had to actually, on all the boxes of the bobbleheads that they gave out to the fans as they were coming in, because you can't pull it, right? They already spent all that money on the bobbleheads. 
They just got to, you know, have egg on their face and accept it. So what they did was they put this sticker on each of the boxes when they gave them to the fans as they walked in. It said, a note from Kike Hernandez. Thank you to the organization, to the fans, to the city. You will always represent some of the most meaningful years of my life. Calling Fenway home was and will always be a privilege that I never took for granted. And then it has like a, uh, you know, machine-generated autograph from Kike Hernandez. Oh, well, what can you do? You know, it's a collector's item. But, yeah, that kind of looks odd. And, you know, that's the way the season has been for the Boston Red Sox. You know, what can you say? It's just nothing has gone right for them. They had their starts, their stops, way too inconsistent, though, unfortunately for them. Also, some of the other stuff going on in baseball here. How about the series in Baltimore the last couple of days with the Astros and the Orioles? Last night, Orioles were down by three runs going into the top of the ninth inning. Felix Bautista on the mound for the O's, their all-star closer, probably been the best closer in baseball this year. Guy's only given up five earned runs all season long. What happens? Gives up a grand slam to Kyle Tucker. Astros win the game. Tonight, game two of the series, Astros have themselves a 7-2 lead over the Orioles in the eighth inning. Not to say the Orioles are bad. I mean, look, they're going to make the playoffs. Might even still win the division. Actually, I think they will because of these pitching injuries that Tampa Bay is dealing with. The thing about the team like the Astros, right? They're getting healthier a little bit. The old saying, they're still the champs until they ain't. You're going to have to beat them. And certainly that Baltimore team, those dudes have no postseason and playoff pedigree to speak of. Late in the year like this, that's where that championship medal kind of rises to the forefront a little bit. And the Astros are showing that there. That is an impressive performance for them. I mentioned Tampa Bay. Shane McClanahan looks like he's going to have to go under the knife here to have Tommy John. So McClanahan, Jeffrey Springs, and um, Rasmussen, all of them under the knife for Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't know how a team is able to survive that. And the thing about Tampa Bay is, and, and why this is interesting, because the Yankees are a team that's so analytically driven. But if you look at what's kind of taken over baseball for the last, I don't know how many years, about just this coddling and babying of pitchers. God forbid you let them pitch. That was another thing that was impressive about the Michael Lorenzen no-hitter tonight for Philadelphia. He threw 124 pitches. They they left him in the game to actually complete it. But there is no team in baseball that babies and coddles their pitchers more than Tampa Bay. And despite putting that into place, three guys going under the knife. So maybe it's a chance for baseball as a whole to take a step back and realize, hmm, maybe this isn't the right way to do it. That they're just like cars sometimes. If they're going to go, they're going to go. We got to go because Larry and Gordon are getting ready. Thanks to Julian and to Harvey. I will talk to you guys again tomorrow at noon for Barton Hahn. Dan Gross is saying have a good night right here on 98.7 ESPN. Cole Hamels? My lower extremities are not happening right now. I don't even know if I'm going to make it all the way up. That's how much these babies are throbbing right now. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>